Elliot got in trouble tonight for saying something that was worth saying. Every two years, we drive to a fire station and overthrow the government, and there isn't a policeman in the street. I love doing the news. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 5654 Podcast. Happy Sunday, big brother. Happy Sunday, November 8, 2020. Is Exciting. It, it's exciting. Is it? Is it still just November 8th? It feels like it's like 2070 and we're living on the moon or something. Right. I'd be 100 years old, by the way. Yeah. Probably not, though. Uh, roughly double what I am today. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> yeah. um, Not going to happen. Who wants that? I don't know who wants it. No, Do the people that get to that. the 114 range, are they like just... That means I'd have to sit through 12 more cycles of these elections. <laughs> well, that'll kill you right there. Um, speaking <laughs> that, of that, yeah. um, last night, um, finally we had an answer on the question of who would be uh, the president of the United States in January, uh, with an asterisk, according to some people, but um, yeah. well. we don't necessarily have to address that. Um, but in a weird way, many of the other numbers didn't change in our election. In terms of the Senate, we got a little bit of motion, and in terms of the House of Representatives, a little bit of motion, a little bit of slide towards a more even balance between the two existing parties. Um, so that's a quick summary of that, I guess. But uh, very quickly, the line you heard is from the Aaron Sorkin written Newsroom uh, from its first season. If you have not seen Newsroom, I must highly recommend it. Uh, the The line you heard is uh, read by Jeff Daniels, who is uh, exquisite in pretty much everything um, and has become sort of uh, this latter Sorkin uh, you know he's in that he's in newsroom he's also been on his stage production of To Kill a Mockingbird as Atticus um, so he's becoming this sort of you know I can't remember the term the like house player kind of thing for him um, but he uh, he plays uh, the anchor of a cable news network broadcast um, thinks somewhere in the Keith Oberman uh, you know, I was going to say Sean Hannity, but not Sean Hannity, certainly, uh, realm. But, you know, the kind of, like, news but late evening cable kind of guy. Um, yeah. And this particular episode, they've uh, re-elected the 112th Congress, so this is, like, 2010. Um, and, and there's a lot about the Tea Party, and there's all this change under Obama. The nice thing about uh, Newsroom is, is it takes place in our world, more or less. Um, that the, the events that are going on in the show are things that are ha- that have happened in our world, and there's a sort of uh, network out there that's covering the news. Um, so that's that's kind of where we are, and he has this great line at the end of the night that he's like, you know, every, every two years we go to a firehouse and overthrow the government. And there's not a cop in sight. And um, the thing that's heartbreaking, I think, about the last week is that wasn't true in some ways, that we have not gotten through it um, peacefully. Uh, I think there was a lot less violence than a lot of us were thinking there would be, but, you know, there's this 
threat. Um, there's tension. Um, there's been bomb threats and people with guns and what did we really win, you know? Well, yeah, and, and I think that's interesting. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, was, I think history will show, at least for the next couple of days, <laughs> something really crazy happens. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the 46th president of the United States. And the reality of it all I don't think has sunk in for some folks on both sides yeah and certainly those in the middle right that were longing and have been longing for a long time to have a strong third party the but the but the reality is is that for right now you know he leads the electoral vote count 279 to 214 I believe it is or 213, 213, 214, depending on which news source you subscribe to. And that's reality, right? Now, we're going to get into, I'm sure, tomorrow once the courts open and everyone gets their wits about them, there's going to be more lawsuits and there's going to be more entanglement around that and, you know, this was stolen and that was stolen. And, And I think that that is just kind of what we've become, right? This sort of petty, I won't say on both sides or all sides rather, but it's just, it, it, it speaks to the centrist nature of everything. Everything tends to come and gather right around the middle. And so is anyone really shocked that we're this close? I'm not, frankly shocked that we're this close I'm not shocked that there's a lot of questions about counting and recounting and things like that when you have you know 74 plus 70 roughly million so 145 million people voting and you're winning states by really really narrow margins and so just from a maths perspective Okay, I mean, you, you can make errors, right? Uh, but I, I happen to trust the people that are counting the ballots. Um, they s- appear to be working very hard, very diligently. They're going through a filtering process. And so the, the, the point that I love about the Sorkin line and the Jeff Daniels line, by the way, let, let's not forget um, a couple of other folks that are in this show. Uh, Emily Mortimer who I forget what title she had, but she was in another movie that we've referenced here, Notting Hill. Oh, is um, that right? Yeah, she was the beautiful girl or something like that <laughs> was was the was her her character's name. And also the the great Sam Waterston is in the newsroom. And so the the the, the reason we have elections is, one, so we don't trend towards what the founding fathers, God rest all their souls, we don't edge towards, move towards monarchy, oligarchy, where one group controls everything forever and always, right? So it always... 
gets pitched up to say, hey, every two years, six years, four years, depending on which office you're looking at, you have the opportunity to go and vote and to make change and have these sort of mini revolutions, right? And and sometimes in the presidential world, those things happen every four years. Sometimes they happen every eight years. Uh, one time they happened 14 years, 13 years. In the U.S.? With FDR. Oh, with yeah. FDR. I mean, he still had elections, but he just kept winning. Yeah, he kept winning them. Right, right. But in, in terms of the actual turnover of the presidency, yeah, that was the longest, right? Oh, just yeah. because there were no term limits on the presidency. And so here, here we sit today, again, and it is projected. I think all the, at least all the uh, social media sites continue to say, you know, that Mr. Biden is the projected winner of the election, right? So there's there's a process that we go through every four years at the presidential election level that, you know, you count votes, you have state certification, then you take those votes to D.C. and you have an electoral college certification and process. And they actually have up until the morning of the day of the inauguration or the day before the inauguration to actually say, yes, so-and-so is the president and he may or she may be inaugurated and, and take possession of the White House and the government and all this other stuff. So th- I think that's a little bit lost on all parties. But, you know, to me, and as you know, I, I've not voted, I voted right, I voted left, I voted middle, I voted libertarian, I voted all over the place. This was about character. I don't agree with everything any of the parties espouse, right? I just don't. But I was just so focused on character. Now, There are going to be people out there that say, well, you know, Biden is this and Biden is that and and so forth and so on. And and look, I'm sure there are skeletons in everybody's closets. (laughs) But the other party, the other candidate, the closet was wide open, skeletons everywhere, the way people were treated, and this constant sort of, you know, there was really no debate about policy. There was really no debate about fiscal matters. There was really no debate about what our role was going to be except to just back away from the world stage. It was about ad hominem. It was about name calling. And it was about this pseudo-religious warfare of which the supposed leader had no idea (laughs) about anything when it came to scripture, to meaning, or any of those things that many of his followers hold dear to their hearts. And, and rightly so. I can't wait to do our religion episode <laughs> next week, and we'll, we'll get more into it. But to me, it was all about character. And, you know, I look, if if he was a better character and had done some things different, many things different, but acted different. 
could be having a different conversation right now. Uh, he didn't, because where where is that that element? And and that's that's been the really big thing for me. Everything else, meh. You know what? I don't vote based on taxes. I don't vote based on these fringe issues. I don't vote on, on any of those things usually because when you get up in the morning and you wake up and you go, well, gee, you know, my marginal tax rate is X percent and I know I'm going to... I I personally don't think about those things. Um, yeah, I think that that's very true. And I, I think in some ways... Um, what many are finding bothersome about this election is that it wasn't entirely for everyone about character. That some people, and I'm not going to say 70 million of them, but a lot of them were able to say, I don't really care what he does or what he's like. Everyone knows what he's like. I care about my issue that he's dealing with. Uh, you know, whether that's taxes, whether that's build the wall, whether that's, you know, whatever that issue is for a person, they were willing to overlook one's character. Um, and I just, I, you know, this is, this is, you know, a both sides thing, which is, it's not like every Democrat ever elected office has been the same. We know that, you know, that the, you know, Maybe the last one was actually a pretty decent human being, um, but the one before that, we know, is, is not a, you know, decent, honest person. We, we know that. Um, did people defend him like he was? They did. You know, people get attached to these people as if somehow... And, you, and you're talking about, I'm talking about William Bill, Jefferson. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, Bill William Clinton. Jefferson Clinton. The, yeah. You know, uh, the constant, you know, the, the thing that I always hear back is like, well, what about Clinton? It's like, yeah, they should have kicked him out of office. If he lied and you had record of him lying, you should have kicked him out of office. You couldn't get the votes, just like the Democrats couldn't get the votes for Trump. If, if that's a thing, yes, the integrity of the office matters more than the person in the office. And I think that's what's so fascinating to me about the Nixon situation is, you know, the famous story is that Barry Goldwater went up to the White House and he was like, I don't have the votes. You're wrong. You know, choose your choices. Here's what's going to happen to you. And there was somebody yeah. to do that because they they didn't believe in the individual as some kind of above the system, um, you know, super, you know, ubermensch, you know. Um, yeah. It's it's really bothersome to me. I, I have, you know, I, I keep thinking this week, I'm sorry to say, and I, I hope this doesn't hurt Dwayne, I guess, our, our, our listener, um, you know, I keep thinking of, like, Jim Jones this week. I keep thinking of, you know, Georgetown and Guyana and, and you know, Flavor Aid. And I keep thinking, how does an individual draw this kind of circle around themselves in which they have absolute, you know, ownership of what the truth is? And I'm not suggesting that every person who voted for Donald Trump is a cult member. I'm not suggesting every... You know, Democrat is a cult member. I'm not saying that. Um, what I'm saying is, like, we get so wrapped up in these things in a way that we, I mean, you know, I think we're almost designed to, right? Like, we're 
we're as obsessed with Donald Trump as we are obsessed with, you know, um, Kim Kardashian or something. Like, it's, it's about celebrity and it's about these kinds of ways that markets work around them, right? That, like, they are people that pull in money. Um, you know, and that was, it was sort of interestingly always Trump's thing is like, well, what about the ratings? Like, how are my ratings? And it's like, you're right. You do draw your chaos that you create generates money for somebody. And we're all watching. We're all invested in that system. And, and that's not about this election. That's about every election. That's about the tone that we have in this country. And it is heartbreaking i think to enough of us but we don't know how to fix it i'm not sure what it has to do with Dwayne. i was saying that because Dwayne's our one listener i didn't want to offend him in case maybe Dwayne's a part of a cult i don't know <laughs> I don't think he maybe is. he is i don't want to say no he's not um no he's not oh, okay i thought uh, I, you know i don't know no <laughs> to figure out how we strike that but it's funny so you want to keep it in there yeah, but well it's, it's good quality stuff yeah so no I, I i think it is tough to step outside of your daily life and go you know what's really right for the country and what's right for me and what's right for my family and and my you know state or local municipality or whatever it happens to be i think it's really hard for folks to do that and think that way right it's it's hard to get out of what's what's good for me and you know as you talked about these sort of single issue kinds of things but that's why we have these referenda right every so often yeah is that we get to go and we get to have conversation about and deliberate the issues, right? And a great book by George F. Will um, called Restoration. I think it's Restoration, the Return to Deliberative Democracy. Now, this was written probably 20 or 25 years ago. Hmm. And uh, I think it was during the Clinton era that he wrote the book. And so, yeah, very hard-hitting right oriented book but the 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 title is captivating in that this concept of deliberating discussing having a respectful conversation about the issues and not falling into chaos and again name calling and ad hominem mm-hmm. and, and and certainly staying away from any level of violence. That's gone, right? One, I don't think people have the capacity to do that, both from a, a, a physical perspective, an emotional, or actually three things, emotional perspective and an intellectual. They just don't have the capacity. They don't have enough self-control, don't have enough uh, understanding and appreciation for how to have a tactful conversation, but yet, present a position I just don't I don't think without getting out of hand and getting ballistic and you know reaching for uh, you know and, and rattling sabers I just don't think it's people have that ability I, I, and 
No, no. You know, and even today I posted something and I shared part of it with you. I didn't share the particularly nasty one because I, I deleted it. But I had just written, you know, just kind of what we've been talking about, you know, a speech last night without ad hominem, you know, it was policy-based. It was, you know, it was here's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, whether you subscribe to it or not, I, I think that it was just a simple, straightforward, well-intended message. And so that's what I wrote on my Facebook post or feed or whatever the hell it's called. And so that immediately got, you know, he's a... You know, just vicious language, right? And I was like, I'm not going to have any of that. What I was simply doing was pointing out as close to factual information about yeah. the speech. Yeah. No ad hominem. So it wasn't about a particular person's personality or anything like that. It was no. about policies. Yeah. There was no name calling. None. Right? Yeah. And he did bring in scripture, biblical scripture, and... It seemed, and I put a question mark, uh, with, you know, and you, you've seen the post. Those were facts. Yeah. Right? Period. And the other guy can't seem to do that to save his life. No. Um, Whether no. it's spoken, written, miming, whatever. <laughs> not able to do that. Not able to control himself enough to just have a tactful conscientious discussion yeah. can't do it um a couple of more moderate friends of mine uh, i know that one of the things that really did it for them um in their choice of voting you know uh, in terms of party i think president they were kind of already not going to vote for for the incumbent um was when the the GOP decided that they were not going to have a platform this year. That there was no plan going forward, but rather it was going to be whatever the president decides is what we're going to do. Um, for the most part, uh, based on my, you know, I would say pretty good knowledge of, of our history, I don't recall that ever happening in a, in a way that was... You know, other than like in like 1808 or something, and like they didn't have like party platforms or something. Um, they literally punted because the person at the top was uncontrollable. Yeah. And, and honestly, well, it's hard work it to is come hard. up to write a platform. It's and huge. To put it in, yeah, and to follow it and yeah. have it be a guidepost and, you know, yeah. all these other things. And, it's hard. No, and, and it's impossible to do when the person who's the head of your party wouldn't care anyway. And uh, honestly, most of the conservatives I've heard from in the last couple of days have have been thankful that they held on to the Senate so that there could be some, you know, back and forth, that there's going to have to be yeah. some kind of conversation um, between the people who have power. And I think that that's an important thing for this country um I, you know obviously not the way i would have chosen to do it but whatever um so not the way i chose to do it we'll say it that way um but i think that like government should be a place for everyone who everyone who's here not you know people in power and not for people in money it should be a place for all of us and i think that um you know one of the things we we, we joke about but and we talk about it even in public sphere like discussions is like how much money influences the elections that we're a part of 
um, and how much it influences the people that have power to to really create gridlock because gridlock is good for people that that operate you know industry and that operate these things where if no one's paying attention to you you can get away with a lot of stuff and that should not be what we're doing um but i think you're right to an extent that like people are not capable of it and uh, of having the discussions and you know as as usual where our divide is you think that that's an internal problem that needs to be fixed outward and i think it's an it's a systemic problem that's being pressed upon people to make sure that they don't pay attention that they don't know how to have these discussions without you know getting into ad hominem attacks without feeling hurt that somebody is disagreeing with them it's a it's a real problem of sort of a, a greek cultural kind of weird thing and i i don't know what the answer is my you know of course uh, you know the civil engineer looks at the problem and sees that it's some kind of you know bolt or something the educator looks at the problem and says it's education that we have systematically turned from this vision at the end of the 19th century of culture and like trying to build a better society and okay the problem with it at that time was it wasn't for everybody right that's a problem um but it was supposed to be the idea was it was for everybody who could participate and i think now we can say it needs to be for everyone and when you systematically keep you know cut funding when you make sure that like it's broken down in a very like geographic way you keep people from learning things and making them unable to make the best decisions for themselves and i think that is you know a top problem that's not a internal problem i think people do want to know things and they tend to gravitate towards whoever will give them the information to quote another episode of ours in sorkin again they'll drink the sand like they cannot tell the difference because they're designed to not tell the difference and that's i don't know what the answer to that is i want to know i i'm going to spend whatever years i have left on this earth working on that question i think yeah and you know i mean i i i do think there's an answer and 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 again i do think that there are i mean essentially what you're saying is that some some forces, market forces, political forces, whatever, are out there taking advantage of the fact that people lack the capacity to reason themselves out of a wet paper bag. Yeah. The problem, though, is they can't reason themselves out of a wet paper bag. And so there are people that can. It's a that cycle. Are aggressive, that are aggressively bad people that take advantage of other people but the problem the fundamental problem remains Susie Public and John Q Public can't reason for themselves and and so but but that's to me that's the the fundamental problem yeah the other is that other parties you you could say advantage right and they're taking advantage of the other party if we all got to a stage where we could reason and we could have that debate and we could have that discussion and we could guard against certain elements within society 
we would be on a different plane. Yeah. Will we ever get there? I don't think so because no one, to your point, no one appreciates having an education, higher learning, you know. So that that whole concept by Wordsworth, right? So is it high thinking and simple living, Mm. right? (laughs) No, No, thank you. No, thank you. Simple thinking, high living. Yeah, well, and, why, why live, you know, anything when you can just have stuff to fill the void? That's right. That's right. And that, so that's what we've all become about, you know, one of our, in the pre-show, one of our favorite lines, right, from uh, A Midnight Run, right? Mm-hmm. We've all just become about the the bloody money and and everything that it gets us and everything that it, keeps clean for us and cooks for us and whatever yeah. all those those things are right and so the but the the nature of man doesn't change right but thank god again going back to jeff daniel's point every four years every two years every six years whatever it may be we have the ability to go and say you know what we've had enough of whatever it is and again not disparaging one side or any side but we have that opportunity and we we take advantage of it and you know i'm not uh, I'm not proud at points along the way i've not taken advantage of it won't ever do that again but i can't necessarily say well, you know i'm always going to vote this way yeah or for this individual i mean that's just not going to happen it's very much about character and you know character can fall along all parts of the spectrum um, I think this particular cycle it was just very very clear to me yeah I mean I think um, you know I, I, I think any listener of this podcast and, and you as well will know my politics and that um, Joe Biden was not my first choice um, for, for president um, or in the primary process Um but I'm I'm not bothered by him in the sense that I, I think he is a decent human being who we can trust to not look out for just himself. Okay, everybody who runs for office is selfish in some way. Every human being is selfish in some way. I'm not trying to also say that that uh, you know, removes responsibility for that, but that we're all always in it for ourselves in some way. <coughs> Um, but that I think we can expect that that will not be the case in terms of how everything operates from here on out, where we're, for the last four years, we've been living under this regime that was about one person. It was about pleasing that one person. It was, it was, everything was designed around making sure it worked for him and that I don't think we're going to have that going forward. Um, at least in the same way that we've had it, uh, we'll see. Obviously, but I, I, you know, I can only hope for the best. God willing. Mm. That's next week, by the way. Yes. Um, are you prepared to ask yeah. something? All right. I am. All right. So we're twenty twenty. Uh, you know, projected new president in January. So it could get very interesting in 2024. What are your early, early prognostications oh. for 2024? 
I don't think Joe Biden's going to run for re-election. Not because he dies or something weird like that, but I think he's going to say, if I stay and do one term, I can fix a lot more by being willing to leave than by making everything about running for re-election. And I think right. he's the kind of Cincinnatus-esque figure in that sense. I think he would love to be retired. I think he would love to be sitting at home right now, not worried about a thing, um, you know, cleaning his aviators or whatever it is he does in his free time, driving to that. Um, <laughs> oh, frankly, his classes. Huh? His classes. His classes. Um, you know, driving around in that badass stingray that he's got. I mean, I think he would love to be doing that. And, um, you know, the, the Republic is in trouble and one has to set the plow down for a minute and come in to, to fix it. And I think he is very much that figure for this moment that we are in a state of chaos. Um, and not, I'm not going to blame one person for it. Although, you know, Mm. gut feeling it's, he, he's a symptom. He's a symptom of a problem. And, um, you know, one of the he things, is what we deserve. Yeah, right now. yeah, and and one of the ways I keep wording it is we have to show everyone that our way works, that we have to show people that we're not going to come in and be vindictive. We're not going to come in and like put in some kind of crazy, you know, agenda. Mm. You know, whatever. Um, it's going to be trying to get things back on track, and I think that the best way to do that is to say. I only want to do this for four years. Um, Not the best of presidents, but in this very instance, uh, James K. Polk came in and said, I'm going to do one term. And he did a number of things that a lot of people in the decades before couldn't get done because it was always, well, that guy's just working towards re-election. No, this guy's trying to get out the door. Um, Granted, he also had the shortest post-presidency of any president, so maybe he knew something that we didn't. I don't know. Right. but I think that that's my early thing on that front. Um, I don't think, you know, the joke is Trump's going to run again. I don't think he's going to run again. I think he's going to be tail between legs. He's going to be busy golfing. I don't think he cares that much to go through it again. Um, you know, I obviously there's a vice president that's going to be uh, hard to beat. Um, whether that person will get the nomination in the future, I don't know. Um, you know, there are a lot of good up and coming senators in their forties and fifties. There's a lot of good governors in that age range, um, of diverse and interesting backgrounds. Um, you know, in, I'll say it in both parties. I think there are actually good candidates for the job. And I think maybe the opportunity to say, we don't want that. You know, especially after we live with it. Today, maybe it's hard. Maybe this week it'll be hard. Maybe for the six months it'll be hard. But I think once all of our blood pressure comes down just a little in six months or a year and we realize we're not living the same way we were, um, I think there's hope that that there's some... Maybe they're going to be bland. Maybe they're going to be boring. You know, who knows? I, I like boring. I like boring politicians. I want somebody who's going to go to work, you know, STFU and and do their thing so I can sit around reading books and playing guitar and not pay attention and and learn enough to go vote and be a good citizen and and do good for others but that the main day-to-day stuff is somebody else's problem that's although if I wanted it to be my problem I would run for office 
that's not what I want. I want somebody else who's good at that to do that. And, um, you know, that's also people that work in these departments, right? That's also State Department and Department of Education and Department of whatever else, energy, right? These are people that have these long-term jobs for a reason. And the last guy gutted them. There are so many vacancies in our government agencies, and one can say, oh, great, we're saving money. Did you save any money? Do you feel any better? Do you have more money in your pocket? You really don't. And Well, I, I yeah, think, like I said, I don't, I don't think people wake up every morning going, you know, geez, you know, my marginal tax rate is this. And <laughs> they just don't think about no. that stuff. But yet when it comes up, and again, we should be, right? Yeah. We should budget and we should try to have a balanced budget and, and all these things but that takes uh again that takes real work it takes policy yeah. development execution it takes uh some level of of compromise some level of power and authority to say no you know we're not going to do that but here's why and, yeah. and I could never understand why. Well, it's just because it's because the other party wants it or did it. We're not going to do it. Well, that's not good enough. Yeah. No, I think on, I, on either side, right? Yeah. And we're getting ready to see that on day one of, right? We're going to see uh, a, a repeal of dozens of executive orders on day one yeah. of the next administration. What I'd like to see before that is. You know, I mean, some of them were just, but why are we doing this again? Sure. Just remind us, you know, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are we going to do with this and how much is it going to cost? And yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. They want to get on and they want to talk in sound bites and, yeah. and, and, and promotions. And, you know, this is what I did and yeah. aren't I wonderful? And, <laughs> and that happens in, in both parties, right? I and agree. As opposed to substantive, here's what it's going to mean. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's how it's going to affect your life. And oh, by the way, you don't have to do anything. We're going to take care of it for you. Yeah. But did we pass the referendum? Yeah. What do you? What about you? Any predictions for what what's going to happen? I think it's going to be ugly. <laughs> well, that there's no uh, option about that. Now. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be uglier. Mm. I don't know if. Uh, Mr. Trump will run or not? I I, I don't know. Hard. Um, I, I think Mr. Pence will be there. Uh, I think that that's fair. You'll you'll see a, a perhaps a Rubio or someone else like that pop back up on the stage, uh, but I think you'll see someone much more on both sides. I I, I think we're going to tend more towards the extremes again. If Miss Harris runs that'll be interesting mm. uh, and if she gets the nomination certainly more interesting um, and I think having been the VP for four years at that point increases her chances yeah for but sure. I, I don't know if this I just don't know if this country is ready for to vote that way on, on both sides um, yeah I, I don't know if they've completely said, you know what, yes, we can vote that way. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, th I think, I'd like to think that this is a little bit of a, 
test that we can say, yeah, we're willing to put a woman of color in the vice presidency. We weren't ready for president, but we're ready in vice presidency because we know that the basic job of vice president is to show up and have a pulse. You know, it's, it's you know, to vote in the Senate as needed. Um, that's pretty much it. So we're fine with somebody who we feel like is going to be in the room having the discussions but that the final say-so is going to somebody who looks the way that we want them to look and they're of the age that we want them to be, et cetera. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, there was a... Jen had a great meme today that was, uh, you know, ladies, put on your... Keep your shoes on. There's there's a lot of glass around, and I, I thought that was pretty great. But, you know, in two yeah. years, we'll overthrow the government again, and it'll be fine. That's right. It happens every two years. Exactly. <laughs> This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, and Spotify.